0: Thank you for joining us for our Renewal City Church podcast. If you're looking for ways to get involved, join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Roxy Theater in Longview, or find us online at rcclongview.org. We hope you're blessed and that this message finds you well. So Joe, when Joe was here, he talked to— I'm going to put my glasses back on. I can't see you guys without. So when Joe was here, he talked about connecting the dots, which I thought was really interesting um, because as I was going through this morning, I started thinking about, or not this morning, this week, about connecting the dots. Um, Because there's a lot of things that we've talked about, and as I was preparing this, I could see that God was bringing all those things together. So we've talked about, um, Joe talked about desperation leading us to how it pulls us forward to God. James talked about light at like the end of last year, or was it the beginning of this year, somewhere in there. He spent a whole sermon talking about being light, or how we are light. Uh, when Jody was here, he talked about our needs, and that when we bring our needs to God, God manifests himself, right? Um, and then even last week, we were up in Seattle visiting my son Andrew, and we went to his church, and Pastor Jeff talked all about being salt and light. And so... When I start seeing like all these things showing up, I feel like God's trying to get my attention. But then when I see them all showing up in church, I wonder if God's trying to get Renewal's attention for something, right? Um, and if He's doing that, I'm going to, I'm just going to finally decide no glasses. I'm going to put them back here. All right. So when I, so if that's happening to any of you, if you guys are like, whoa, i have seen the same thing. Come talk to me afterwards. I'd love to hear your story. Um, so this morning's text is when I looked at that, I saw all these things. I see I see light. I see God meeting us at our needs. Um, the sense that God is calling those who are desperate for him. And then as Tyler picked out the songs this week, he obviously knew exactly what I was going to preach on for some reason, which we did not communicate because all of that was in there today. It was like being thirsty and hungry, being desperate. God is light. God is hope. God restores. Those are all things I'm talking about this morning. So it's like connecting the dots. God's already doing it for us. So our text, um, we're in chapter second half of chapter 7 in uh, the book of John. And in there we see a lot of people debating about who Jesus is. Um, some are questioning where he's from and if that aligns with prophecy. Others are saying he's the prophet, some the Messiah. The Pharisees believe none of this. They're trying to have him arrested. Um, They even send people out to arrest him, and they come back, and they don't have him, and they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, wow, this guy, he's such an awesome teacher. We couldn't arrest him. And the Pharisees are like, oh, we hired idiots. Oh, get out of here. And then Nicodemus makes an appearance in the end of the chapter. But in the middle of all that, we have these couple of verses. Um, On the last Verse 37, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So there's two things that jump out to me really quick on that. One is its shortness, right? It's a two-sentence teaching. Some of you are thinking, Mike, you should have clued in two sentences. We could be done on our way to Jimmy John's, get some sandwiches. Um, so there, there I started thinking, like, why is that so short? Was that really what Jesus preached, was just two sentences? Or did John, like, just abbreviate it because John wanted to make his book shorter? He was out of paper, running low on ink. Uh, but even if John shortened it, he picked these two sentences because they were super important. And if Jesus did only speak two sentences, he only spoke two sentences because they were super important. Either way, this is super important, right? That's what it's telling us. And the second thing was that it reminded me instantly of other scriptures, right? I see this, and I was like, this is familiar to other things that I've seen. Um, And as I was looking through it, I began to see this pattern. So there was this pattern in there. It's one, there's a calling, right? He says, come to me. And in these other scriptures, that calling and in this one, it's associated with a need. The second is there's a promise of restoration, or life, a promise that something is going to be better. And third, there's a promise of transformation, that Jesus will make you into something new or different. And then there's kind of this thread of life that just kind of filters through all of these. So the four four scriptures. Um, two of these we've just looked at in the book of John. The first one was the uh, woman at the well. We've got the Samaritan woman who comes to get water. And she asks Jesus for a drink. Um, she's No, he asks her for a drink, and she's amazed because he's a Jew and she's a Samaritan, and you just don't do that, right? And Jesus said to her, he said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman then doubts that Jesus can do any of this. And then Jesus says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So we see those three things, right? This call to ask him for water, that that come to me. We see a promise that those who drink will never thirst, this kind of idea of restoration. And a promise to become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That transformation. So in John 6, we have, uh, they're talking about manna in the desert. And Jesus says, the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. I am that bread. Right? There's that promise of life. And then he says, whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Right? There's that call and the promise of restoration again. And Further down, he says, whoever looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. That restoration, salvation, life. And he says, the words I have spoken are full of spirit and life. And then after all his disciples, he gives that difficult teaching and everybody kind of wanders away. And then he says to Peter, you know, do you guys want to leave too? And Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life, right? So it's all those things right in there again. And then, so just to make sure this wasn't just John's idea, right? There's two more I have in in Matthew. Um, So in Matthew 6, Jesus says, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. There's the pattern again, right? There's a need that's identified, a call to seek God, and this promise to meet those needs. And one more, Matthew 11. Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the call is there, come to me. The need, those who are weary and burdened, the restoration, which is rest for your soul, and transformation, your work will become light. So why do I just like run you guys through four scriptures to just hammer that home? It's like, because I feel like this is the core message from Jesus, right? He repeated it over and over and over again, and that means it's important. So today, let's talk about these things. Let's talk about call in our lives our needs, um, this idea of restoration, idea of transformation, what's that means for us. First, I'm going to grab a little bit of water. All right, so our verse, that first part says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. So over the last month, I thought a lot about being thirsty and hungry about how that applied to our world. But before I talk about that, I want to just touch a little bit on the word anyone in there because I think that's super pertinent to our world today because Jesus' calls, says anyone, let anyone come to us. And I think as all of you have noticed that over the last couple of years, we've been in a world that's really about division and not about unity. And I think Jesus is all about unity and bringing people together. And I think that we need to be about um, Andrew's pastor was talking about how the how he feels the world right now is ready for revival because we've all just come out of a tough time. And he says people are looking for answers and I think we need to be looking to say anyone who has or questions come to us, right? Come to Jesus. Let me take you to Jesus so you can get that, right? I was even thinking about like when this was happening right so jesus is teaching at this festival and being a person to like grab your friend and say jesus is talking come with me come and listen with me so that's my one rabbit trail side note the word anyone back to thirst and hunger so i was trying to think like when was a time that i was really thirsty or really hungry and i'm like i don't think i know of a time when really thirsty or really hungry because we live in america and there's water everybody's got a water bottle you've got a minute mart where you can buy a hot dog and a red bull anytime you want right you just pull this piece of plastic out of your pocket swipe it over a machine they give you food and water it's not like we live in a society where thirst and hunger is a problem for most of us so i was like well that was different back then for them right Jesus was asking you, are you thirsty and hungry? And the obvious answer from any of them would have been, yes, absolutely, Lord. Because the first thing we did this morning was to get up and find water. And the second thing we did was to plan how we were going to have food for the day. Because there's places in our world that are still like that today. And in talking to our friend Rogers from Kenya, we often talk about food. Because for him, he's just like, oh, you Americans, you have so many food choices. It's mind-blowing to him, Right. For him over there, fish is a fish. We cook it one way, we eat it. It's not like 20 different ways to prepare with 40 million different sauces or whatever. It's just like, this is crazy. We also were talking last time we he was here about leftovers. And he's like, he's just, you Americans. Because for him, leftovers are the next meal, right? The idea that you would have leftovers that would sit in a refrigerator and go bad at some point and throw away. He's just like, oh my goodness, you people. We were even talking, he said like the most food that like they've ever had in the house at one time was like four days worth. That was a lot. He even talked about he had a guest over that was staying with him for one time, and he had to tell them, you're eating too much. Slow down. Some of this food is for the rest of us for a couple of days. So what would it be like for today? I guess when I started to think, well, so hungry and thirsty doesn't apply for us. What is hunger and thirst? It's kind of the stuff that sustains life, right? Food and water sustains life. It brings life. Um, So would it be appropriate for Jesus to say, hey, do any of you want your life sustained? Do any of you want more life in your life, I guess? So I feel like that would be fitting today. And then I was thinking, what, what if we just get really more specific about maybe what our needs would be? And I came up with kind of a list of things here. So let anyone who is weary, burdened, overwhelmed, exhausted come to me and I will give you rest. Let anyone who is broken come to me and I will give you healing. Let anyone who is lonely come to me and I will give you companionship. Let anyone who is confused come to me and I will give you wisdom. Let anyone who is depressed or anxious come to me and I will give you peace and rest. Let anyone who is feeling unworthy come to me and I will give you a place in my kingdom. Let any one of you who is suffering from addiction, come to me and I will give you freedom. Let any of you, one of you who is feeling unhealthy, come to me and I will give you healing. Let any one of you who is feeling unloved, come to me and I will love you with an unconditional existing love. I hope some of those speak to maybe some of you did this morning. Um, I just think that's, Jesus' message is that he wants to meet us at our area of need. And I think maybe those are some of the needs for us in our community. So is any of you this reminding you guys of what Jody was talking about last month? When he was talking about having needs and having great needs and then taking those great needs to God. And I loved what he said. He said that then God would manifest himself in your life. It was like, whoa, right? And then we used you know, that God would show up maybe and help us out. But that he would manifest in yourself in that life. Those words were super powerful to me when he said that. So, I mean, I think that's just the core of Jesus' message is to bring your needs to me so I can manifest myself in your life. And when he does that, then we can begin to restore you, right? And that's kind of the second part of what we hear that message say. That you bring the needs in, then Jesus begins to do a work. So, around Christmas time, actually at Christmas time before Advent, Susie put together this Advent devotional. She's rolling her eyes right now because she's like, he's going to talk about shalom again. Um, because when she put together the Advent devotional, they had this, um, the Bible Project as videos. I don't know if you guys have been into the Bible Project, you should check out their stuff, really good stuff. Um, and she had a video for each one of those for the beginning of each week. And the week of peace was a word study on the word peace. And so the Bible Project is we translate peace, would be translated as the word shalom from the Jewish culture, right? Um, it doesn't really kind of mean what we mean when we say peace. I think when we say peace, we think of turquoise waters white sand i got myself a lawn chair some coconut water you know it's the sun setting there's a little lapping of water on the ocean you're like ah that's peace perfect but that's not what the word shalom means shalom um, talks about a completeness or wholeness so they were talking about if you'd cut a stone and it was perfect no cracks no chips in it a perfect stone that would be shalom right and they also talked about, well, it also applies to kind of a different thing, like if you were building a wall and there was bricks missing, right, and you would put in the missing bricks to complete the wall, you bring it into shalom. It's this idea of completeness and wholeness. And it's also kind of like the act of restoration, restoring things. So they talked about, when we talk about peace between two people that are fighting, it's when they stop fighting, ah, we have peace. But... Shalom means that you stop fighting and you begin helping each other. It's that next step. That's shalom. So when you think of like Jesus as the prince of peace, I don't think he's the prince of like tropical beaches, right? But when I say he's the prince of shalom, when he's the prince of completeness, wholeness, restoration, I go, oh, that really begins to make sense, right? So Jesus is the prince of shalom. And he wants to bring restoration to our lives. This is where I thought I was just way off on my notes, but I was on the wrong page. Um. All right. So when we talk about coming to Jesus with our needs and Jesus meeting those needs, I think that this is something a lot of us have experienced, right? Maybe most of us, some of us. It's something I experienced in a big way when I was in my mid-20s. I was newly married, had a baby, um, I had a job that was kind of cruddy. We didn't make a lot of money. As a matter of fact, when the, when the bottom line said zero at the end of the month, it was like, yes, it's not negative. So um, Susie was a little unhappy. We'd gone to school. She wanted to use her degree for stuff, and we're just... We're just scraping by living in this apartment. It wasn't great. So one night, and I'm trying to change all this, right? Because I'm the man of the house, and I've got to make things successful. I'm good at solving problems. I've always had no problem doing that for most of my life. And now here I am, 25. I am what I look at just not doing a good job. I have no idea how to solve these problems. I'm trying, and it's not working out. So I'm desperate and I'm in bed one night going to sleep and I just start to pray. Now, mind you, I didn't come from a background of this is what you did when you had problems. I grew up in the Catholic church. So it was like you went to church and you prayed and if you did bad stuff, you talked to the priest and confessional. But other than that, there wasn't a lot of like, let's just go home and pray to Jesus. But you because know, you couldn't do that without using one of the prayers out of the book of prayers, right? So not a culture I came from. So I'm just laying there I'm like desperate and I just start praying to God. And I just start, asked him for like four things, right? I don't even remember what they were. Better job, Susie could get a job. I had I had dreams of a cartooning career and I wanted time to finish that up. Um, there was something else in there. I don't remember what it was. But amazingly, four months, God answered all those. New job. She was able to get a job. She, w- we met down here. The city manager that she knew walked him into an arch- her into an architecture office and said, "Give this lady a job." Um, it was just amazing stuff. I was blown away. Right? This is the point in my life where I said, "All right, Lord, I'm in." Um, and there was another part of that prayer that I'd kind of talked to God about. I just, I just want to be a positive influence in the world. Could you just Help me to do that. And I think God took that last part of the, that prayer and said, okay, Murray, we're going to begin transformation as well. So, And that leads us right into our last part, right? Transformation. Becoming living water or light. Pastor Jeff, who we listened to last week, um, he said this, God's blessing should turn us into a blessings for other people. I thought that was really powerful our verse says whoever believes in me rivers of living water will flow from within them there's a couple other areas in the bible um john 10 10 he talks about i have come that they may have life and have it to the full so we are to have this fullness of life that's part of our transformation uh um, Psalm 23 talks about God anointing us with oil. Our cup overflows. Goodness and love will follow us all the days of our lives. Um, Matthew 6, it says, you are the light of the world. Do people put a light, put a light, do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl? No, instead they put it on a stand that it gives light to everyone, right? So it's this idea of like, Life and water and light flowing out of us to the world so light is something that um, God has been pestering me about for like over a year now on my whiteboard at work it says you are the light of the world let it shine before others it's kind of a constant reminder to do that um as i mentioned before James finished the year talking about it last week at andrews church jeff talked a lot about um light and what that means and he said this this was really good he said we're not meant to be laser pointers right you're not know, to be the laser pointer shining in somebody's eye you're not meant to be like this crazy laser light show which is i don't know confusing or weird um we're not like big spotlights that are loud and obnoxious. But he said, we're supposed to be that soft, gentle light that you would take the lamp and put it on the table in the middle of the room that just brings light to everybody around you. So my question for you guys this morning is do we really believe um, what Jesus says about us? Pastor Jess also last week said, We often think less of ourselves than Jesus thinks of us. And that might be a spot where we're struggling, right? We're saying, Jesus says we're light. I don't feel like light. He says I should be bringing love and hope to everybody, but I don't feel like that. Or maybe, certainly, he didn't mean me, right? He meant just some other people who are really good at this, and I'm something else, right? But this morning, I have this great translation of Matthew 6, where it says, You are light. This is what it means. It means you are light. Right? I mean, that's it. You guys are light. You are the light to the world. Jesus came and he said, I am the light. But then he also said, you are the light. He puts us on that same spot of what he was doing, right? He's invited us in his ministry to be light to the world. So faith is believing and trusting What Jesus says about you. You Guys grab that part. Faith is believing and trusting what Jesus says about you. I think for some of us it's really easy to dismiss what Jesus says about us. And says that certainly can't apply to me. But it does. So the other question I have. And we talked a little bit about this in our small group. um, This week. Is that sometimes we don't feel like maybe we believe it, but we don't live up to it, and we're like, "What's wrong?" Right? And I said this in small group. It's like if I look at this logically, just be totally logical, that I am like handmade by the Creator. He sent His Son to die for me. He like wants to be involved in my life all the time. He invites me to come talk to Him. He wants to to meet my needs. Um, what else do I have on this? I'm adopted into his family, right? I have the full rights of sons. Someday I'll be in heaven and I will sit at the table with the father because I'm invited there, right? Um, he promises to transform me. He invites me into his ministry to work with him, his ministry of love to the world. I mean, if I look at all these things logically, I should just be like, I I should just go out every day and be, like, so excited about the day, right? Just go out, and everybody I see, like, how can I help you? Can I help you? Can I help you? I want to help you. Did you know God loves you? Yes, he does. All right. And just be on fire. This is not what happens sometimes, right? It's like we talk about this spring of living water. And I feel like I'm, like, this garden hose. It's got some kinks in it. And then it, like, you know how it like always leaks, right, where you've screwed it onto the house? there There's that little dribble, and you're like, I thought I put a new washer in there. Why is that still leaking? I feel like that's my life. I'm just this little dribble of like stuff that's coming out of the house instead of this. I feel like it should be a fire hose or something. So as I was thinking through that, sorry, how do I get the kinks out of my hose so I can get things working properly? And I think in our verse, it talks about come to me, right? It's the easiest answer, and it's one that I always struggle with, the whole idea of just coming to me. And Matthew said it, seek, said, seek first the kingdom of God. It's just that very easy, simple step to just do that first every day. It's my challenge if you guys struggle there. Don't be the leaky garden house. Well, at least be a leaky garden house. Don't be one that's totally shut off. But try to work the kinks out and get a little more flow going. also had a couple of verses of encouragement concerning that. Um, Philippians 1, it said, He that began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. So if you feel like you're not fully transformed, um, which probably all of us feel that way, right? There's always work to do in our life. God wants to continue working with you in your life, to continue to transform you. We continually come to him. He continually meets our needs. He continues to transform us. So don't panic. Just keep working with him. And I also found this verse which says, I don't even know where this was from because I didn't put it down. So this is in the Bible, trust me. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. So. What does that tell me? If you guys blow it today, there's tomorrow, right? Don't beat yourself up over what happened last week. Tomorrow's a new day. Meet with him. Continue to be light to the world. All right. Got two things left from Pastor Jeff. Then we don't have to hear about Pastor Jeff anymore. Pastor Jeff is doing a great job. I'm just going to tell you, you guys are ever in Seattle, you will know, go to the Central Community Church. Super cool. We were in that. I've, I've never been in a place that was more diverse in age and ethnicity and in um, denominational beliefs. And it was just super cool to see all different people there um, worshiping God together. And Jeff was pretty awesome with his message. So if you're ever in Seattle, need some place to go on Sunday. Um he talked a little bit about impacting people's lives, and he said you should ask yourself the question of whose short list will you be on? Like if somebody was to say, if somebody was to ask me, who are the five people who impacted your list or impacted your life, right? So whose list would you be on if somebody asked them that question? Think about that because you all have a lot of people in your circles. Maybe you have some smaller circles. I mean, if you're being light to the world, think about those people around you that lives you can impact. And the second thing he talked about um, was that the world needs us. I'm going to get a drink of water real quick. He said, don't let the world tell you that you are not needed. You are as needed as light in a house. Mm -hmm. When he said those words, there was this lady in the middle front row. And she stands up and she says, you preach it, Pastor. She just kept standing there. She wasn't going to sit down until she was satisfied that he had done this. (laughs) It was was, was awesome. He paused for a second. He's like, what's happening? And then he just kept going on. Um, It was a great moment. Um, And as he continued, he said this. He said, persecution will tell you, get out of here. You are not wanted. You are not needed for life, but Jesus says you are absolutely needed. Absolutely, right? The world needs us right now. We've come through a rough time. People are looking for answers, and we are needed. We are needed to be light in the world. We are needed to be living water, hope for people. just want you guys to know that. All right. In conclusion. Just wanna remind you guys the promise still stands for today. This is a teaching that's two thousand years old. I think Jesus is still saying, Come to me, bring your needs, I wanna transform you. And then Tyler, you guys probably come up, Tyler and Shane. I'm wrapping this up really. Um So I want to encourage you this morning, this morning we're not going to do questions, no questions this morning. I felt like I'd be a little bit negligent if I just said, you know what? Jesus is calling and wants to meet all your guys' needs and transform you and then just talk about that a little bit. So instead, we're going to open up the front row here. I'm glad you guys knew that we wanted to leave this empty. So that was was good on your part. And I'm just going to invite you guys to come up and sit in the front row. I really think... God values movement. So even though, like, I'm sure God can meet you in your chair this morning, um, when we move towards God, God values that. I really believe that's important. I know it's probably nowhere in the Bible anywhere. Just trust me on that one. It's worked in my life. If I try to sit in my seat and do it, it doesn't work. If I move, God meets me. Um, so we're going to make this our little God meeting with you zone. A couple of things. Um. I think Jesus is calling us this morning and saying, come to me, all you who are blank. Fill in your blank this morning. Whatever it is you need, brokenness, healing, you're struggling with depression, anxiety, addiction. Maybe you just need to meet with him this morning. You just need his presence. I think he's saying, come meet with me this morning. Um, and then the second part is, you know, transformation. If you've got a kink in that hose that you need to get out. Come talk to Jesus about it this morning. And one more thing, because we can all do multiple things at once. We're also doing the communion this morning during those last two songs. So we practice open communion here. Everybody's welcome to come up, get your juice and bread. And um, this morning, just remember him, right? He always says, Jesus remembers me. Just remember the work he did on the cross that brings about our restoration Pays the path for our transformation. And just be thankful for that, that he came for you. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say. That's it.